Hey, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, set the stage for the, what is to come for the rest of our night tonight. Um, man, Father, thank you for the energy in this room and uh, for finally allowing us to be in the same room together this year. It's been cool to see the, the, the different personalities of little groups, um, but Jesus, I'm excited for the, all of those pockets of people to come together tonight and for us to just look at you, Christ, to hold you high. Um, not this ministry, not the staff, um, not ourselves, but you. I pray that you would be glorified, magnified tonight. And so do a work in that, Holy Spirit. There's a lot happening tonight. So I pray in every piece of it you'd be lifted up. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so when we started the year, our theme was Soma, which means body. And I just want to give you a reminder of where we've been, okay? So let me give you just a little, uh, like, rapid machine gun fire here. Because uh, we've been walking through First and Second Corinthians all year long. We've talked about community, agape love, about conflict, about resurrection, about Christ as the center point, about resolving conflict. We did that one twice. About spiritual formation, about repentance, about splinters that God won't remove, about veils and idols, about the healing power of the gospel, about transformation. All these different lessons that are just packed. And, and that, you guys... When I looked at First and Second Corinthians and I was like, we're going to spend a whole year in that, you can't believe how much I had to pick and choose pieces because we just couldn't make it all the way through that letter. There's so many lessons to a broken body that Paul has in that book. It's been, it's been good. Tonight, we're going to land in, in a weird topic to end the year on that I'm excited about. It's the topic of boasting. That's our topic tonight. And we go, you're like, okay, that seems a little bit weird. We go there because Paul uses that word 37 times in First and Second Corinthians. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. So in honor of that, when I was, uh, like, turning my eyes to studying this a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about different ways that we boast, and I, w- I was thinking about the humble brag. You familiar with the humble brag? You guys know what that is? Some of you are, are okay. Some of you don't know what a humble brag A humble brag is when you, like, you disguise something you really want other people to know in something that, uh, you know, like, so if somebody's like, man, you can, I, don't, I don't even understand how I can eat this much and never gain weight. There's like, there's that little thing in there they wanted you to hear, and it was hidden in the other thing, right? So I went on the internet, and I found what were, in my opinion, my favorite, five favorite social media humble brags, and I present them to you this evening. You ready? Okay. I have to learn how to use the clicker. Here we go. First one, I'm having headaches. It's been two days, and I still can't decide whether I should accept scholarship from Harvard or (laughs) MIT. Why is choosing too hard? Okay, hear the humble brag in there? It's about headaches, right? It's not about headaches. Okay, number two, note the diamond ring. Okay, I hate when this happens. Can anyone else relate? Jeez, that's the third one today, SMH, LOL. It's the gloves. It's all about the gloves, not the diamond. Just ruined my perfect grade by getting a 96% on a quiz. That's appropriate for finals week. You don't like that person. Okay, this is the the number two. I'm working my way up to number one because I definitely have a favorite in here, okay? I'm wearing a ponytail rolled out of bed from a nap at the bar with my guy, and guys are still hitting on me. Like, really? Really, guys? (laughs) All right, last one. Down at the bottom here. Genuinely forgot how much I love this photo of my niece. (laughs) Can you see the niece with her back turned to the camera and you can only see the back of her head? 
Oh, man. Unless his niece is the name for his abs, that makes no sense at all. None at all. All right, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Because you and I are probably better than that at hiding our humble brags, but we do it too. We do it too. I want you to see a better version of me than, than really exists. You do too. I want to put my best foot forward. Sometimes we use that language. People have always done this. Always. Social media makes it easy to see right there on the surface because all of us begin to put that out there. You want a filtered version of your life for other people to see, which requires you to make yourself a little bit better than you really are. We've always done this, okay? Manicured our, our identity so that you get a little different taste than is really there. But why, why is it? Why is hiding ourselves such a big deal? Why is it that I feel like I have to posture for you? Why is it that I have to prevent a two, or present a 2% better version of myself? Why? It's tapped into my identity because I want you to feel that way about me. I want you to like me. You want me to like you. And you feel like if I saw the real you, I might shy away from that, so you have to present a slightly different you. You might have experience in the church that might be especially like this because people clean themselves up. They feel like they need to do that. And then you go to church on Easter Sunday and you're like, man, I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm messed up. All these people look like they got it together. They don't. They are presenting a manicured version of themselves, a mask. I mean, we're familiar with masks this year, but masks have always been around in the sense of I can hide behind this picture that I give you and I can take a step back from it and make it look like something else. Now, there are two big byproducts of this. We'll get into more of this tonight, but there are two big byproducts of this. One of them is comparison, because the moment that you start listening to, watching all the other manicured versions of other people, you begin comparing those to the unmanicured your, like, version of yourself that you have inside your own head, which isn't a fair comparison. You're comparing your everyday to everyone else's highlight reels. I'm not just talking about social media. I mean, I am talking about social media, but we do this in real, in real regular life as well. So comparison is one of those byproducts. And the other one is self-consumption. I just become consumed with myself because I believe that I have to put these things out there for you. And it becomes this machine in my life over and over and over again. And it's a, it's a form of boasting of boasting in myself, of who I am, of what I've done. Of, am, I, am I pretty enough for you to like me? Am I strong enough for you to like me? Am I smart enough for you to like me? Do I have enough well-manicured posts for you to like me? I can, I can count those. People are messy, but I can count those likes on social media, which is why it's so tempting. And then that begins to feed my perception of who I am. Do you think I'm smart? Do you think I'm strong? Do you think I'm beautiful? Do you think I'm enough? Paul has very simple words. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it's not the one who commends himself who's approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Comes out of 2 Corinthians 10. Simple, right? Not so much. But why does this matter? Why are we talking about this? I want you to notice in this, because like I said, this Greek word is used in First and Second Corinthians 37 times. And it talks about, like... Uh, um, boasting in something, bragging on something. The same word means rejoicing in something or glorifying something. But you notice that in all of those translations, there's an object. I'm boasting in something. I'm bragging on something. I'm glorifying in something. I'm rejoicing in something. 
So the object becomes the real question mark here because all boasting has an object and the object makes a difference. Because if the object is you, the Bible has a lot to say about it. A lot. I don't want to dwell too long in this space because this could just be a shame night of, like, of me guilting you and myself for how often we boast in ourselves. Let me just give you a sampling, a little taste, okay? James 4, I'm actually not going to put them on the screen. James 4.16 tells us that all arrogance that boasts in itself is evil. Psalm 10.3 tells us the wicked boasts the desires of his soul. Proverbs 25.27 says, it isn't good to eat too much honey, and it isn't good to seek glory for yourself. Like, scripture makes it very clear that you are not meant, you're not designed to be consumed by you. Your attention shouldn't be consumed by you. And you realize that, that uh, Jesus, uh, he said in, let me get the, uh, the verse right here, Matthew 6, 45 in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Right? So, so what's inside of you comes out of your mouth. You can't tell me that those two things are disconnected. What comes out of you, your boasting and your bragging, is, is coming out of the overflow of your heart. I would argue tonight that social media has just given you another mouth. <laughs> just given you one more mouth, or two, or three, or four, or seven, depending on how many platforms you're on. You, may have, you might be up to like 11 mouths, okay? But I believe it's a very biblical step for me to take Jesus' verse and say, out of the overflow of your heart, your social media speaks. I get a picture of what's going on on the inside of you by seeing what comes out of your mouth, what you choose to type, what you choose to write. And if it's about you, it isn't healthy. That's not the way that you have been designed. You weren't meant to live your life saying, notice me love me, trying to build yourself up and put yourself on a pedestal. There is another kind of boasting, though, that I want to make sure that we cover tonight. Because there's this one side that's pretty obvious. I mean, when you see what they're doing, I love this photo of my niece. It's like, like every, so, so hard to flex those abs for that camera, and, like, and she's not even looking at the camera. You know what's happening there. You know what he's doing, right? So that's putting yourself up on a pedestal, easy to, to recognize. There's another kind of backwards boasting that we do, though, because the other way to take your pedestal up is to push other pedestals down. So the backwards boasting that we do sometimes is knocking other people's pedestals down. If you're, if you're a part of a friend group, if maybe this happens in your family at home, maybe this is a part of just your larger community, if everything in your world is critical, you walk out of a situation with your judge's robes on and the first thing that you do is talk about all of your opinions about what just happened and all of the opinions about you have about what just people just said, backwards boasting. All you're doing is smashing other people's pedestals down so that yours will be raised up just a little bit. Scripture has some warnings for you and me when we do that, when we raise our own pedestal up, when we smash other people's pedestals to the ground. It's all the same thing. It's me being consumed with me. And it's not the way that I was called to live, called to put the judge's robes down. Well, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Because God has a warning for us. The last time that we were in this room, um, we were, uh, it was for For the City, and, which was an amazing day. The theme, though, that day, and we'll come back to this a little bit tonight later, was with you, for you. This idea that we were for the city that day. We weren't coming in opposition. We were coming to serve. We were coming to give ourselves. We used Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, as our example for that day. Okay? Here's the interesting thing about this concept of boasting. 
Because do you want to know what God said about the proud? About what he said about them? James 4, 6, or James tells us this way. He says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So here's the problem. If I want to boast, if I want to raise myself up, if I want to be the center of the room and I demand that you like me and I push everyone else down, if I do that, do you know what Scripture says? It says that God is not with me for me. He opposes me. God says, I will stand in opposition to that. And you're like, wait, Ben, I thought God was with me for me. I like that message a lot better. I do too. I don't like preaching a message of God has opposed you to you. God is against you. But let me help you understand. Let me help you understand the why. Because you guys know, most of you know I have a big family. Um, my seven-year-old daughter, um, this, this little blonde, fierce warrior, okay? Um, her phrase that she came up with all on her own, because this, this girl's uh, temperament is like a light switch in terms of when she goes to sleep at night, she is awake, 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 asleep. It's like, it's like somebody hit a switch and she just like, boom, powers off. And when she wakes up in the morning, it's the same thing. Eyes open and there's like, like half of a second orientation to the world and then she's in motion again until that night, okay? She's a leader, you guys. She is going to be a fierce leader in this world. No question about it. And I don't want to tone that down even a little bit because that's who God has wired her to be, all right? But her seven-year-old immaturity gets in the way sometimes because she hasn't learned that it's not okay to scream your head off when you don't get your way. She hasn't, she hasn't learned that it's not okay to just be, to, you know, to see four people who are younger than her and be like, okay, everybody, here's what you're all doing right now. You guys go and do this. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, no one gave you the authority <laughs> to start doing that right now. But that's her. It's like, go now and ask questions later. That's the way that she's wired. God will use that in huge ways, but it needs to be tempered which is my job as a dad. And so in those moments where she screams her head off because she didn't get her way in something, I have to sit down with her and look her in the eyes and say, hey, you're going to be sitting in that chair over there for five minutes right now because you can't do that. This isn't who you are. You're not wired this way. And so she mopes, goes over and takes her punishment. And she comes back and she's fine, okay? But in those moments, I oppose her because I love her. So in those moments, I come to her and I sit down and I get on her level and I'm like, this is not who we are, child, because I see the leader in her and I want it to mature and I want it to be what it's supposed to be. She's got to mature, though. Do you know that Revelation 3 talks about us and it's God says, those whom I love. It's God speaking. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. He's still for us. He opposes those things in us, our pride, because he's for us. But I don't want you to live a life with the wind in your face of God constantly being like, no, no, no. Because if my daughter acted that way all the time, I would be a brick wall ev like all the time. If she's going to scream, go back to the corner. She sits in the corner, comes back out and screams. Nope, we don't do that again. Back in the corner. I'm like, this is her whole day. I will not stop. She will not win. All right? She can't. Because the moment she does, we're all in real trouble. All right? She needs me to oppose her, to help her grow. And you need the Lord to oppose you in your pride to help you grow, and so do I, to beat our boasting down just a little bit. Why does he do that? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. In case you're curious, 
Um, that's Revelation 3.19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So scripture does give us three ways that we are, are allowed to boast. I want you to hear all three of these tonight because they're important, okay? The first one is I'm allowed to boast about God and who he is. I'm allowed to brag on God, okay? This goes all the way back. I thought since we started with Jeremiah and for the city, I'll use Jeremiah tonight. He says this. This is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches, but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord. Or take Psalm 23 two. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. How do you do this? I got to tell you, this one's easy. It's super easy because the more you know about God's character, the easier it is to boast on him. It is. Go and read through the Gospels. If you don't do this regularly, please do this. Read about Jesus' life, and I think that you'll be blown away about how easy it is to start bragging on him. It happens naturally. Let me just give you some samples here. I wrote a few down. When I read about the power of Jesus calming the wind and waves, it makes me want to brag about his authority. When I see his concern for the woman caught in adultery, it makes me want to brag about his compassion and mercy. When I see his anger, when the vulnerable are taken advantage of, it makes me want to brag about his idea of justice. When I see him forgive someone's sin, healing someone from the inside out, it makes me want to brag about him as a redeemer. When I read about him confronting and correcting the religious leaders, it makes me want to brag about Christ as the truth. When I see the way God literally spread his story and faithfulness over thousands of years across tons of different cultures and authors, it makes me want to brag on his sovereignty. The more I see him, the less I see me. But the more I see him in scripture and I really sit in his presence, the harder it is to brag about myself. Multiple scriptures that talk about that too. One of them is 1 Corinthians 1.29. You can't boast in the presence of God. It's really hard for me to walk into the presence of God and see his faithfulness and his character and his mercy and his compassion and be like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. No, he's pretty awesome. I've, I can do, like, it's not self-hate. I don't mean that I'm terrible and he's awesome, that that's the attitude. no. No, I just look at it and I'm like, man, I cannot compete with the goodness and the greatness of who God is. I'll brag on him and his character. The closer I get, the easier it is to do, and that's our goal tonight. We get to do that in worship. You've already done that in worship, but we'll do more of that tonight in worship. We're going to hear people's stories tonight over what God's doing and where he's taking them. We get to brag on God through that tonight. Like we've built our night tonight around bragging on God and what he's done and who he is Encounter doesn't need the credit for it, all right? The staff doesn't need the credit for it. The Holy Spirit's the one who's been doing the work. We'll give him the praise, yeah? Cool. Number two, second thing that we're allowed to brag about is my own weakness. Paul talks in several places. 2 Corinthians 11.30 is one of them about how if he must boast, that he'll boast in his own weakness. Why? Here's the quote. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here's the deal. God has a long track record of using really lame people to do really awesome stuff, okay? If you have never read this book, it is not full of perfect people. It is full of very 
imperfect, broken, ugly people who God redeems. Unbelievable, again and again and again. Been studying the life of Moses for like the past year, you guys, and Moses was the guy when God showed up in Moses' life and said, hey, I got a job for you that it's like a hinge point of human history. Moses literally said, please go find someone else. That was our hero's response back to the father. <laughs> like in the hinge point of human history, you are the hero I want to raise up. Please go find someone else. God's like, no, it's you. I got this for you. David was a murderer. Who, so was the apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Constantly we see people who have influence in the history of God who are broken. It happens so often, I would say it this way, it is his standard operating procedure to use messed up people to do unbelievably supernatural divine things. That's real good news for you and me, you guys, tonight. Because I don't care how broken you think that you are, God redeems, restores and that's why Paul said, you know what? I can even brag in my weakness. I can boast in that because it's all going to be turned around to God. Here's the way he says it, 1 Corinthians 1. Instead, God chose the world, God chose things, excuse me, the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and he used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God's united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. And therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Even our weakness, talking about our weakness, leads us back to his strength. Because it's like God can redeem it and God can use it. And so we still end up in a place of praise when I talk to God about my weakness, when I talk to you about it. Isn't that weird? Because boasting, it's all about hiding my weakness. And Paul's like, why not just let it out? God can use that anyway. It's just more fuel. It's more fuel for him to recycle. Why not let him? Now, one other note I want to put, uh, put out there before we go to the third one, and that's this. I'm not talking about self-hate. Okay, this is not permission for self-hate. Boasting about our weakness is like, man, I suck so much, and therefore God will be glorified. That's reverse pride. You're still at the center of that. God didn't design you for self-hate. This is realizing that even the things that are weak in us can be strong in him. That God can use your past. God can use your family. God can use dating relationships that you messed up big time. And God's like, mine, hand it over to me. It's fuel for me to recycle. Those are the materials I'm going to build stuff out of for the rest of your life. Don't hide it from me or from other people. Let me show you what I can do with it. All right, I got to keep going. Number three, I'm allowed to boast about other people. I can boast in you. Paul makes it clear a bunch of times that he has bragged about other churches, other people, uh, people that he's discipled in a good way. He also makes it very clear that we're not allowed, like, this isn't a concept of worshiping other people or putting them up on, on pedestals where they don't belong. But outside of that, he says, I can boast in you and you can boast in me. Again, about us following the Lord and how we point each other to Christ. I can brag on you. You guys, after For the City and after Spring Breakaway, 
I, for the next four days, if people were like, hey, how's stuff on campus going? Which is a question I get a lot. I bragged on you guys big time, all the time. I just be like, I'm, I'm blown away. God's doing all this crazy stuff. People are coming to know Jesus. People are confessing their sins. People are laying down their junk. I'm seeing darkness to light kind of stuff. People are like, okay, okay, I was, I was just asking how things are going. It's like, no, <laughs> I was seriously, I was bragging on you. Like your faith expressed over the last six weeks has challenged me, has pushed me forward. It's been fun to tell those stories. You should tell them. You should brag on each other. You have parents in this room who don't know Jesus. You guys, it is not as hard as you think it is to be like, man, there's been some cool stuff going on. It's crazy. I'm seeing, I'm seeing my life's friends being changed in front of me. If they don't want to listen, they'll tell you. Okay? It might not be as risky as you think it is. Boast on the Lord. Boast in your own weakness. Even boast in each other. It's crazy what God will do that with that. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, Paul says, What is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. What's beautiful is the right kind of boasting always comes back to Christ. It always comes back to God. It always points to his character. And there's something so, so refreshing and beautiful about that because you guys know the opposite. You know how ugly it is to watch people just to try to elevate themselves one more notch and how difficult it is to sit in the quiet and compare yourself to that over and over again and be tempted to do the same thing. Look at me. Aren't I pretty enough, strong enough, handsome enough, smart enough? Aren't you tired of that? It's time for us to lay that kind of talk down. The commonality in all three of those ways that we brag is that we become mirrors that just reflect him. I become less about me. I become more about him. Boasting is all about me getting better and you seeing more of me, right? Listen to the tone that we have from John the Baptist in this one verse Not a breath of fresh air to meet someone like that who's like, all I want is for him to be greater and for me to be less. This is the kind of way I want to live. A quiet life. By the way, I think you can do this on social media. And I don't mean that every verse has to <laughs> that you share just has to be a Bible verse. That's not what I mean, Okay before I release you into like full Christian cheesy social media. That is not what I mean. You can use your social media in a way where all of the stuff points and reflects back to a beautiful thing instead of trying to manicure yourself for human approval. It's a very, very different thing. The danger in social media is to really, it, it is designed for you to try to compare yourself and elevate yourself. And you're going to have to fight the current hard to use it for a different purpose. I'm asking you to use it for that purpose. That this is the kind of thing you take with you. That this is the, the, the tone and humility that we start our year with next year or that you start your job with this summer, whatever that looks like for you. But I believe it's exactly and precisely the place that God has called us. So let me close with this, y'all. We get to brag on the Lord tonight. We get to lay our weakness out there in front of everybody. 
and we get to boast about each other. All of that gets to happen tonight. And he gets praise for every ounce of it. And so if there's conviction that you have in this talk, if there's a little bit of, of shame that you taste in here, I'm going to ask, like, kill the shame, all right? Throw that to the side. Allow God to convict you. If he's got some movement to do in your heart, that's amazing. But I, even that, I want you to give back to him tonight. Celebrate your forgiveness. Remember who you are as a child of God. I'm going to give you a moment right now just to bow your heads in prayer. And Father, just in this silent place right now, I um, ask that you'd bring conviction. Is there change, Holy Spirit, that needs to be made in our lives? The ways that we've wanted to elevate ourselves that hasn't been honoring to you. Holy Spirit, would you identify that in us? God, would you allow us tonight just to say we're sorry? to lay that ugly thing in your lap and ask for forgiveness and worship you clean with a clean heart without being consumed with our own desires, without carrying our own anxiety into the room. Christ, I pray that you'd renew that way. Let us boast in your strength, in your power, in your mercy, in your compassion, in your forgiveness, in your love, in your sovereignty. and in the way that you've blessed us with each other. All this we pray through your sacrifice tonight, Christ. We love you. Amen.